Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Is that in the Bible? And especially these days, guys, in the, in the world of celebrity pastors and all that stuff, please ask those questions. Please ask those questions. I know those guys, and, and they got followings and all that stuff. And I don't, look, I don't know those guys personally, but I hear them say stuff, and I'm like, that's not in the Bible. Why are you cheering for that? Why are we hooping and hollering for that? That's not even in the Bible. Well, because we get stirred up with the emotion and all that good stuff. Double check the scriptures, man. This must be the first time I've ever heard a pastor suggest that we should challenge the teaching that our pastors give us. I grew up being told that we had to listen to and respect our elders. But Pastor James is right when he points out that there's many pastors out there with mixed messages. It's up to us to go back to the Bible and make sure that what we're hearing is true. This world of technology has made it exponentially easier to promote false teachings. And that's one of the first and oldest warnings from Scripture. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark, chapter 12, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. have no idea what heaven's going to be like. But what we can assume safely is that relationships in heaven will be a million times better than what they are here. Will I still be chasing my wife around heaven? You probably, probably. That's still that from my pastor from Amarillo. He's like, I'm going to be chasing Cindy everywhere. She's like, yeah, she won't be my wife there. Doesn't mean I can't chase her around, right? And I'm like, I like that. I agree with that. Sure. He never said anything about that, right? So that's, that's in my plan, right? If that changes, will I be disappointed? No, man, heaven, what makes heaven heaven is Jesus being in his presence. Like that's, that's what makes heaven. And if you take Jesus out of it and you think you could still look forward to it, like that, you don't understand heaven. That's what makes heaven so amazing. Everything else is a bonus. Everything else is a bonus relationships that you experience and all that good stuff. I'm going to read you this quote um, from Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards lived from 1703 to 1758. Uh, Tremendous man, evangelical kind of guy, like just in, what I mean by that is like going around preaching the gospel everywhere. A lot of people didn't like him, and that's fine. Uh, But he led a lot of people to the Lord. This is what he says from the 1700s about this passage of scripture. Uh, He says, in heaven, the glorified spiritual bodies of the saints will be filled with pleasures of the most exquisite kind that such refined bodies are capable of. Like our bodies couldn't handle heavenly things right now. He says, the sweetness and pleasure that shall be in the mind shall put the spirits of the body into such motion and shall cause such sweet sensation throughout the body, infinitely excelling any sensual pleasure here on this planet. So essentially what Jonathan Edwards from the 1700s is saying is like, we have no idea how, how awesome heaven's going to be. And your experiences. It's not like you get there, you'll get a, a glorified body. That's what we believe. Um, it's not like your senses are gone. You'll still be able to see, taste, uh, touch, there you go, um, hear, smell, all that fun stuff, 
right? You, you don't lose your senses in heaven. So they're used for things. And the experiences are, I mean, we just can't, we just can't imagine what that's going to be like. So again, I just want to, if you're thinking like, oh, this is such a bummer, I just, I want to be, but in our vows, we said forever. Well, yes, here. Um, yeah, here and now, yes, this is for, until the day you, you die or, you, or number six of your husband dies or something like that. Um, but there, there's no marriage, okay? And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. If you don't believe me, we'll just wait till you get to heaven, Okay? And then we'll find each other, and you'll be like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I was wrong. Uh, it's not that bad. It's not. Um, but I do, I do want to say the institution of marriage is, is, is a really cool thing from God, okay? He invented it. He created it. And it's an amazing thing. So if you can only do that on this side of heaven, do it to the best of your ability, I get it, we live in a fallen world, and I get it, not every relationship works out and all that stuff. I understand that. I get that. Look, I'm a product of the broken family. I understand what that's like. But God can bring healing, and he can bring restoration, and all that good stuff, man. This, you get to do this here and now, so, man, give it to the Lord and give it your all. Because you only get to do it here. That's it. And it's the same with uh, sharing the gospel, you don't share the gospel in heaven. And everybody's there. They've made it. Like, they don't need to get saved. But here, people need to hear the gospel. You hear, so why not do it here before your time's up? There's a lot of that that we just miss out. We take for granted that we think, like, well, we'll just always have time. We'll always have the ability. You know what? You're not always going to have the time or the ability. So seize the day. Carpe diem. Like, seize the day. And go for it for the kingdom. Enjoy what you can here on this earth while you can for the glory of God, for the glory of God. So he goes on, talks about the resurrection and all that good stuff, how we'll be, but verse uh, 26, but now as to whether the dead will be raised, he's like, okay, he addressed the marriage thing. He's got that covered. He's like, now let's talk about the resurrection that you guys don't believe in which is really the the key point to this whole thing. To whether the dead will be raised. Haven't you read about this in the writings of Moses, right? They're like, Moses is their champion. Moses is their guy. He's like, oh, you guys haven't ever read this story, like the most common and familiar story concerning Moses and the burning bush? Have you guys not read that story? And they're like, well, of course we know that story. What are you talking about? He's like, no, no, you've, you've heard the story, but you don't know anything about the story. Haven't you read about it? In, Moses, in the writings of Moses, the story of the burning bush. And they're like, how in the world are you going to prove to us that resurrection is real by the story of the burning bush? And you may even be thinking that too. Of like, what? I know that story. There's nothing about resurrection in that story. Nothing. It's all about Moses is out taking care of sheep and all that good stuff. This is after he had been in Egypt and then ran away because he killed somebody and then spent this certain amount of years into, in the wilderness taking, learning how to take care of sheep. And then he was walking, you know, taking care of them out in the pasture one day, so to speak, and there's a bush that's on fire, but it's not being consumed by the fire. He's like, well, that's weird. And he goes and approaches the bush. And the bush speaks to him, 
and says, hey, take your sandals off. You're on holy ground. And then he realizes, wait, this is God speaking to me through a burning bush. And God commissions Moses in that moment to go and rescue the people of Israel from Egypt. He doesn't say anything to Moses about, hey, when you die, you'll be resurrected. He doesn't have to. Because what he says in that story, and Jesus quotes it to him, he says, long after Abraham, this is 500 years after Abraham, long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God of or Isaac and Jacob. Not I was the God of these guys. The correct like verbiage there is like present tense. I am. I never ceased being their God, which means they're still alive. But they died. Yeah. They transitioned from this place to another place. They're still alive. God's like, I'm still their God. I am, the great I am, am still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the part. See, they knew that story. They probably could have quoted that story or recited it by verbatim back to Jesus. And they never would have seen that. And Jesus brings it right back to them, a familiar story that they, were, they, they knew very well. And he's like, hey, haven't you ever read that story? Don't you remember when God says to Moses, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. I am the God of fill in the blank for somebody you know who served Jesus and was a Christ follower of Jesus who has left this planet and is now in his presence. He still is their God. And that should bring comfort to you. We've had dear loved ones in this congregation who went on to be with the Lord. And he is still their God. He is still their God. When your time is up, he will never cease being your God. Never. You were created to be an eternal soul, eternal person. Like you, the, the smallest part of our existence is here on this planet. And we put everything into this small, the smallest part of our existence. We put everything, all the stress, all the worry, all the anxiety, we, we pile it into this little bitty spot on the chronological map, so to speak, of your life. This pinpoint. We throw it all into the pinpoint. When yet what we don't understand is eternity is coming. And we're not concerned about that at all. But it's like, I got to put everything into this little dot. And Jesus is like, why are you doing that? I've let you live in this space. I created you for this time and for a purpose and a reason. Yes. However, are you storing up for yourself treasures in heaven? Are you investing in eternity? Because most of your existence, all of your existence, for the most part, will be there. Are you preparing for that? Are you planning for that? I'm too busy. You need to set your priorities straight. I love this planet. You hear me talk about this all the time. I love this earth. I love this earth. This is the most beautiful place ever. God is an amazing artist, absolute amazing artist. I can go anywhere 
and be in love and thrilled and awed by the creativity of God. I can go anywhere and see any. I'll be in Amarillo, Texas at the end of this month, and it is as flat as can be, and it's Amarillo for a reason because it's yellow, right? Like, it is yellow, and it's dirty, and it is dusty, and I can go up there, and I can worship God because of his creative power. I love it. I love this place, but this is not my home. This is not my home. There's a he- heaven is coming. A new earth is coming. It's going to far exceed what this is and what the damage we have done to this place. Right? Sin has wrecked this planet. Let's not, don't mistake it. Sin has wrecked sin and greed. Greed is sin. All that stuff. That has wrecked this place, but there's a new one coming. But until then, I like being here. I like this place. I like people. That's, that's a miracle from the Lord. That's how I know I was saved, because uh, I had problems with people before I knew Jesus. Now I'm like, I love people. It's amazing, but this life is so short. It's a vapor. It's a vapor. But it, your existence isn't a vapor. Your life on this planet is a vapor. Your existence is eternal, just like in the real estate market, it, then it's up to, it's, it's, you know, it's where you want to live, right? It's, uh, you know, uh, location, 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 right? Like, that's everything. Like, after this moment in time, well, where do you want to spend the rest of your existence? I'll take heaven. I'll take heaven. Why? Because all the cool stuff? No, because of Jesus. Because there was a guy who came to this place and took all my sins, which were many, all of my sins upon himself and died on the cross. I want to be with that guy. Like, I don't care where he's at. I want to be with that guy. For me, eternity with him, that's the best. That's the best. Anything else on top of that is a bonus. It's a bonus. Spend forever with a guy who died for me? Man, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So he wraps this up with this. Verse 27, so he is, presently, he is the God of the living, not the dead. The living, not the dead. That, again, I I hope that that brings some sort of comfort to your hearts, because I know we've lost loved ones. But I want you to know, he's the God of the living. He's the God of the living, not the dead. I mean, that should breathe some sort of like, there's maybe some reunions that will be happening. When you get to heaven, I believe that you will recognize people, okay? You'll have a body and all that good stuff. People will recognize who you are, and and, and I think it's going to be amazing. Absolutely going to be amazing. But then he caps it off with this. In New Living Translation says, you have made a serious error. Like Jesus throws this down. They're like, they come to him with their cleverness and all that good stuff. And they're like, yeah, we think we can get him. We'll get him with this question. Um, we'll ask him about something we don't even believe in. We think it's all nonsense and all that good stuff. Get him with this. And he's like, man, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about. And in fact, your ignorance has led you to make a serious error in your life. 
what should have happened in this scenario. We, we don't have, like, we don't know what happens. Uh, we don't know what happens with this group or anything like that. What should have happened in that moment is, like, a, an, an awakening, so to speak, and a moment of repentance of, like, you're right. They, they don't have anything to say to him. I mean, the conversation's done. As soon as he says, you've made a serious error, you need to recheck your theology. You need to go back to square one because you've gotten it all wrong. The moment he said that, conversation ended. They had nothing else to say to him. Nothing else to say to him. I think they were all like, oh, I, I would hope they were like, well, maybe he's right. <laughs> maybe he's right. You know, let's, go get, let's go break out the Torah. Let's go read that thing again, because maybe we are missing something. I, I would hope that in, in your life, in my life, that I don't allow pride or arrogance to cause me to commit serious error when it comes to understanding the scriptures. We tend to get that way. Um, and sometimes we get that way because of like where we grow up, right? We, you know, we grow up in certain communities and all that good stuff. And we think that's what the Bible says, but when reality, it's like, sometimes it doesn't even say those things. But because we hear them at church all the time, we think like, oh, well, that's, that's the Bible, right? And you're like, no, that's actually not the Bible, that's why we like to stress everybody, read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. Even with everything that I say to you, I would encourage you to double check it with the scriptures. Make sure that what I'm saying is legit. Like, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not trying to get you to think how I think or, or any of that stuff. I, all I'm simply trying to do is just present to you the word of God in a simple form so that you can get it and so that you can apply it but you need to double check what I'm saying. And don't think that every pastor's out to get you because that's sometimes where we go with that too. Of like, well, I think this guy's gonna, he's gonna try to get me. I'm not, I'm not trying to get you. I don't know if all the other pastors are trying to get you, but you would be wise to be like, is that in the Bible? And especially these days, guys, in, a, in the world of celebrity pastors and all that stuff, please ask those questions. Please ask those questions. I know those guys, and, and they got followings and all that stuff. And I don't, look, I don't know those guys personally, but I hear them say stuff, and I'm like, that's not in the Bible. Why are you cheering for that? Why are we hooping and hollering for that? That's not even in the Bible. Oh, because we get stirred up with the emotion and all that good stuff. Double check the scriptures, man. Whether it be me or somebody you listen to on podcasts or you watch their sermons online or whatever it may be, just make sure that what they're saying is actually, actually lines up with the scriptures. Don't commit a serious error. Don't be like the Sadducees. Because the more you give in to that and you give place to that, you'll find yourself eventually, how do you get so far away from God? Let me read you what the Bible says about heaven, These, this little list, and this will be the last thing we do. This guy put this list out. It says, what will heaven be like? There's 17 observations, Okay. I'm going to read through them fast, so if you're going to try to take notes, good luck. Um, if you want a copy of this, you just come in, I'll let you borrow it. It says, heaven is being prepared by Christ himself, okay? John 14 talks about that. Heaven is only for those who have been born again. John chapter 3 talks about that. It's not for everybody. You got to be born again, okay? There is a, uh, there's a door into heaven. His name is Jesus, and not everybody gets saved, okay? There's a bad theology out there that says, universalism, that everybody will go to heaven, that's a lie. That's a lie. Only those who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior 
will go to heaven, okay? Heaven is going to be a glorious city, Revelation chapter 21. Heaven will shine with and be lighted by God's glory, Revelation 21 as well. Heaven's gates will never be shut, Revelation 21. Heaven has the water of life for everlasting life. Again, Revelation 22, a lot of these are going to be Revelation. Um, Heaven has a tree of life for abundant life. Heaven has the throne of God at its center. Heaven is a place of holiness. Heaven is beautiful. Heaven is a place of unity. Heaven is a place of perfection. Heaven is joyful. Heaven is a place for all eternity. Heaven has no night. Heaven is filled with singing. Heaven is a place of wonderful service. Now, what will we be like in heaven? This is what, this, this is what we believe from the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 13 says that we will be recognizable. Okay, so when you get to heaven, you get a new body. It's like, like nobody's going to recognize who you are. Did you lose weight or did you get a haircut? Like, no. Well, I don't know, maybe a heavenly haircut, I guess. Um, they'll know who you are, okay? And you'll know other people. And you'll know other people that you never knew. That's crazy, right? Like, you see Abraham walking around. You're like, Abraham, what's up, buddy? And he'll know who you are. It's crazy. Your bodies will be like Christ's body, meaning glorified, okay? The difference between his body and your body, his will have holes. His will have holes. You will have no scars. He is the only one in heaven who bears scars. The only one, okay? You will not be limited by space. Luke chapter 24 and John chapter 20 talk about that. Um, Your bodies will be eternal, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Your bodies will be glorious, Romans 8. That's like probably the first time we can honestly say that about our bodies. Like they'll be glorious. That'll be in heaven. Um, You will not have any pain, Revelation 21. You will not die, 1 Corinthians 15 and Revelation 21. You will not hunger or thirst, Revelation 7 doesn't mean you won't eat or drink, okay? I know, right? Praise God for that. There's a lot of amens for that, and I'm with you. Like, that's like, I can't wait for the uh, buffet line in heaven. Um, (laughs) Never get hungry. Like, all you can eat. Like, wow, this is sweet. Um, And the best thing, I think, no more sin. No more sin. That's Revelation chapter 21. Um, Look, heaven is worth living for today. Heaven is worth focusing in on today. You don't want to be, the, the thing is, like, don't be so, you know, heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. And I look, I, like, my focus is on Jesus and my focus is on the destination. And that encourages me to, like, I want to tell people about that. Who wouldn't want to tell people about that, right? The best is yet to come. So let's get out there and let's do what we can here on this planet before that opportunity is gone. You are not telling people about heaven in heaven. You have that opportunity now. Do it now. Share the gospel now. Love people now. You will love people in heaven, yes, but love them, show them Christ in your life now. Why you can? Why you can? You got beautiful kids and all that good stuff? Embrace those little guys. Love them. Heaven's amazing, guys, and, and there is a resurrection. There is hope when it all, when everything comes to an end. There is hope for, for believers. So hold on to that hope. Follow Jesus. Be excited about what's to come. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken.
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're walking through the Gospel of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' life while he was here on the earth. Mark offers unique perspectives on this time, emphasizing Jesus' servanthood to the people that he met. Jesus loved practically, often, and with everyone. What a kind and humble servant we get to serve. If you need to hear this message again or you'd like to catch up on previous teachings, visit our website at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab and feel free to explore the variety of verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter Bible teachings. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston. And if you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to have you come visit us. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Our Thursday night Bible study starts at 7 p.m., and you're welcome to come join us for both. Our atmosphere at Calvary Galveston is relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. For more information, visit our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. You can get directions there as well. We're excited to meet you and spend some time worshiping with you. That's all the time that we have for today, but we're so glad that you listened in to hear from God's Word. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Mark and to gear up for what's ahead in this New Testament book. There's so much to learn, so much to know about Jesus. So make plans to join us again, right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.